The way to be truly helpful to the people in your life who you care about is to say the thing that would reasonably have them respond with, fuck you. And instead, have them take pause and thank you for it. What's up, Active Lifers? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch. I'm joined in studio today with Larry Geyer. Hello, guys. And we are going to be going over the way that we believe you can measure whether you are doing the thing that is most helpful to the people in your life who you love or not, and how you can start to maybe uh, do it more effectively and more frequently. Remember, if you're finding value from this podcast, leave us that five-star rating, leave us a review, and send it to a friend. Any one of those three, or more than one, would be ideal. It's going to help us grow the show. It's how we can continue doing it and bringing on more guests and building out our studio for better sound and all that kind of stuff. Please make sure to rate the podcast, write a review, and or share it with a friend. Larry. Yo. We just had this conversation with the staff over at the flagship, mm -hmm. and I thought it was useful if we brought it right here to the microphones. I like it. So I had a conversation recently with a friend in which they were presenting to me something that I felt I could be helpful with if they were looking for help. I offered mm -hmm. the, hey, are you looking for help right now or are you looking to vent about the problem yep. that you're having? Because if it's venting, I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. You just share that stuff and not, it, it stays inside. If you're looking for help, I'm also help, I'm, I'm open to asking you some questions. They said, no, I'm looking for help. I said, okay. The conversation went to a place and I want to, I want to, I believe my friend listens to this podcast and I haven't discussed, um, talking about their specific situation publicly, and so I'm not going to. Right. That said, the conversation went to a place where I asked the question that suggested that they were looking at this whole thing through the wrong frame. And that the thing that they were proud of was actually something that I felt they didn't deserve. Hmm. And upon reflecting on it, they were able to go, huh, I can see why you would say that. Yep. And I think that's the, the spark that has the potential to, to change a lot of things for them. The first thing that comes up is something that you said one second in that I want to make sure everyone listening actually caught because I actually think it's the, one of the most impactful parts of how we practice going about helping people. Your, the premise here was if, if you want to be truly helpful, um, if I could just listen to you or ask some questions, which sounds like the thing right now, it's mm -hmm. not, do you want me to just listen to you or you want me to tell you what, what to do? Mm -hmm. It's, can I ask you some questions? And I think that, that that framework is just a way to start is something that I don't know that most people consider. Well, I didn't always consider it. Mm -hmm. it, it it's a learned thing. You know, it's, it's my, my natural state is to try to fix things. I get it. And so when someone comes with a problem, I'm like, I can fix that problem. But think about, think, about how, think about how important it must be to the person to hear even in that frame. He's not just going to say what he already probably thinks. And he's not just going to say something he's already decided he wants to say for the sake of saying it. He's putting himself in a position to ask me questions and hold a truly objective space about what the situation is so then he can find out what the right thing to say is. Yeah, well, I think it's also probably very relieving for the person on the other side of the Agreed. conversation. Like, Agreed. oh, 
I can just say this. It's safe for me to just say this here. Or I don't have to ask right. them for help. Right. They're offering me mm -hmm. either the help or the space. So, so it sounds like what you're describing is you got into the situation with your friend and you through asking a number of questions and then presenting a way that you saw something that your friend might not have considered. Mm -hmm. The truth probably slapped your friend for, across the face. Totally. And then instead of saying F you to a slap, your friend said, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So the, the equivalent, because I've done this and so have you, many times with existing clients. Or where they'll come in, they'll be like, hey, I'm, we had a revenue record this month. It's like, great. Um, how are we doing on that staff role sheet? Uh, I haven't done it yet. Got it. So people are still working unsustainably and feeling like they're on their way to burnout. Why are we celebrating the financial win instead of starting with how do we solve the problem that we started solving? <laughs> right. And I think that's, that's you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that took a long time to be able to learn how to do in a way that people are open to and interested in hearing it. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to walk through a lot of what happened in our staff meeting today as a result of the, the, the conversation I had with my friend and also the, the questions that they were asking. Because I think that for people listening, it's, it's a useful way to reframe the way that they believe they're going to be helpful to somebody else. And so you and I tag teamed it. When someone, for example, is training one time a week or once every two weeks, when the result that they need mm. is... In three times a week. Yes, Can lives you in three times a week. How are we being enabling of their problem to allow them to right. continue doing that? Right. And what do we say to help them train more often? I would love for you to, to share the example of the guy who, that we were talking about who's coming two times a week, who we know needs to come three times a week, who it seems like is wanting to come two times a week so that he to can spread the, money. spread the sessions out. We had a client buy a, his initial 12 sessions at, this, at the flagship. And the recommendation was he trained three times a week. And he elected to start a little bit slower. He only wants to train twice a week. And to be clear, he bought all the sessions. Bought 12. It doesn't matter. Like, the money is spent. Mm -hmm. um, and there was nothing that we were going to be able to do to advance him from his twice a week to three times a week in that meeting that, that was obvious and present. Yeah, he was set on it. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I wasn't there. Mm. Um, the fact that this person ended up enrolling at all was uh, exciting to me because he really needs mm -hmm. what we can do. Yep. Uh, and I thought he was a, a long shot when we, when we were talking. So in our meeting today, we were talking about why, why do you think he's doing twice a week instead of three times a week? What was the recommendation? Three. Why do you think he's doing two? Uh, I just wants to take it a little slower. Why do you think he wants to take it a little slower? Um, because he's uh, wants to see how the results come, but why take it slower to see how the results come? Like I, I wanted to really hone in on the rationale, and we don't have confirmation because he wasn't there to to validate. My belief is the reason for that is because twelve sessions over six weeks feels like a longer time to see if something works than twelve sessions over three mm -hmm. uh, over four, mm -hmm. and secondary to that is it gives him the illusion that he's been doing this for longer mm -hmm. instead of I, I went after right. it. Fully. I tried something for six weeks. Right. I gave it six weeks. Right. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then we started asking the questions around 
what can you ask him that would lead him to deciding I should come more often? And that's where I think that the magic in that conversation was. And, you know, the thing about that guy is the money's already spent. If the most likely thing to get you your outcomes is training three times a week, why would you handicap your own opportunity for success on the money you already spent? Yeah. But I'm not sure. Can you say that again? Can you say that again? Because that's the crux of this. Yeah, if the money is already spent, why would you handicap your own opportunity for success by doing the thing in a way that's less advantageous to how it's recommended. Yep. So this would be akin to somebody buying ALP from us and saying, I'm going to spread this over two years. Why would you ever do that? Mm -hmm. First of all, we wouldn't allow it, but what's the rationale? It makes no sense at all. I imagine for this guy, there's, well, then I don't have to spend this money again for another six weeks instead mm -hmm. of spending this money again Correct. in four weeks. But he might end up spending the same amount of money over, let's say, a four to five month span and getting less results than he would have gotten over a three month span had he just gone all in. Right. And that's what I, I, I hope that we impressed upon the staff to share today. And it's, it's frankly a, a less important version of what I want to discuss, which is the person who is struggling because of their work and their schedule and their previous commitments and all of these things. And so they're not getting in at all. Well, there's another example that we could use, right? So I've experienced this with a client before, and I know that one of the professionals on staff is experiencing this with a client right now. One of the, one of the greatest, let me know if this is relevant to your point. One of the greatest gripes that I have with how many, many trainers and coaches are doing things right now is allowing a client to come in at and do something, allowing a client to come in to use them as expensive Xanax to cope with their stress. Many people say exercise is a really important stress relief for me. Fine, fine. If for months and months and months and years and years and years, you're coming in one or two times a week to cope with stress when you should be coming in three times a week and instead, the more pertinent question is, what are the fundamental things in the center of your life that are causing you the stress in the first place that you're trying to use exercise to dissolve. Mm -hmm. And if you can help someone, for example, navigate what the worst case scenario is for them of quitting a job that they've had for 10 years. Well, let's, let's stop there. Okay. Let's go back because your client who did this shared it on the podcast. I don't think that there would be any kind of a problem with talking about it. Okay. Um, I want to walk through the steps and the questions that were asked Please. to allow somebody to decide Losing my job is less of a worst case scenario than missing my training. Mm -hmm. The amount of self-respect that has to be in place for someone to come to that conclusion is immense. Mm. Do you follow? Yeah. So do you remember when you were working with that client, how you walked her down the path? Uh, I don't remember the conversation exactly, but. So let's talk about the conversation we had today. Sure. Um, in, in the case of today, one of our clients at the flagship uh, just got a new boss, right? She's a very high position in the company, answers directly to the CEO. Mm. So a new CEO came into the business. This is now the person that this person answers to. And the new CEO has this person working hours that previously they were not working, mm. traveling more than they were right. previously traveling. 
And work sucks more now. Work sucks, period. Mm. Work didn't suck before. Mm. So now this person is in a situation where they're finding it very difficult to get to the gym at all. Very difficult to meet with their assigned professional mm. at all. And the conversation that we had today is the one where um, we both thought it would be useful for the staff member at the flagship to have the conversation with this person about what's the worst case scenario if you lost your job. And the reason to have that conversation is because of the one that we believe would be beneficial for this person to have with their boss, right? Which starts with, um, are you at your best right now? Asking yourself, are you at your best right now with the way that you're working mm -hmm. and the way that you're exercising, the way that you're sleeping, managing stress, eating, all of those things? It would be an, it would be an absolute no. Okay, then <clears throat> are you giving your job and your boss less than you could possibly give if you were at your best? Mm -hmm. Which would be yes. Of course, yeah. Which would be, do you think your boss values you at your best or values you at available no matter what? Mm -hmm. Well, I think my boss would value me most at my best. Well, does your boss know that you're not functioning at your best? Well, probably not. Well, why not? Well, because I haven't told them. Well, why haven't you told them? Because I'm afraid if I do, I may get fired. Mm -hmm. Well, then is that the kind of job that you want? Is right. that the kind of boss that you want to right. have? Walking someone through that list of questions is not, I don't believe, and maybe I'm taking it for granted because I've practiced it a lot. I don't believe it's a high value skill. I think it's simply asking someone the next logical question that is uncomfortable, that leads to the, fuck you that we were talking about earlier on. Do you follow me? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the high value skill is the combination of the willingness, readiness, and capacity to sit and to sit and navigate through the discomfort with people mm -hmm. and to be able to consider the most relevant questions. And so I think both of those together are a very high value skill. And it's one that I, I, I believe both of us think people would do well to start cultivating. I don't, it's not that I think it's not a high value skill. It's that I don't know that it's a hard one to acquire. Yeah, I don't. Either way, I think it's worth it. Right. Well, you know, all that it comes down to, and I guess maybe we should talk about how to do it then for a little bit. I think all it comes down to is what's the next logical question? Somebody asks you a question. You get a question in your own mind or someone gives you a statement. You have a question in your mind. It's no different than when you were. I don't, I don't know. Full transparency. I don't know that that's always true for people. Really? Yeah. What do you think happens? It's just like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. Well, I, I think that it's very easy for people to feel like, I feel like there's more here, but I don't, I don't know where to go with this right now. And this is how something happens for you. And you go to sleep that night and you wake up at two o'clock in the morning with the next thing that you need to either say or ask someone. And you write that down, right? Um, I guess I know, like, Honestly, I hadn't considered that people just take the, yeah, I guess you're right, as an answer. I don't, I don't know that that's it either. I, I think that a lot of times people don't feel that it's done. They don't feel that this is right, but they don't necessarily have the next immediate question. So what would you recommend they say there? <sighs> if I were in that position... And I had asked a series of 10 to 15 questions that seemed like all the things. And 
it was unfinished, I would probably end up saying like, something about this seems unfinished and I don't feel that I know the next thing to ask around this. And I'm eager for you to share with me what comes up for you the next couple of days. And I know that as things continue to come up for me the next couple of days, I'm going to want to share them with you. Is that all right if we continue the conversation? I like that. I mean, because that's all it is. One of, the th one of the things that I'm learning more and more, especially as I listen to more of your conversations and I ask you for feedback on how mine go, is that the more honestly you just describe what's happening, the less you have to remember, the less you have to try to figure out and pull pieces together, and the less you have to worry about whether or not you're saying the right thing. Mm -hmm. And you can be honest and respectful at the same time. And I think that demonstrating the, the intention to navigate what is the hardest thing in someone's life right now earns trust. Even if people are frustrated with the content of the conversation and they get emotionally reactive about it, 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 can't, it can't, I don't see how it costs you respect. I don't see how it costs respect either. What I can see is the possibility of feeling as though you've stirred something up without having any way that you can calm it back down and feeling guilty for having stirred it up. I think that's a worthwhile question asking if you sense that that might be true for a person. So if I notice that someone were, or maybe even preemptively now that you, you point that out, I might ask, do you believe that even though we don't have the answer right now, that this is something that we could come to in time if we stay with it? I just want to keep them focused forward on the other side. Well, doesn't that indicate that you feel like uh, you have the skills to help them navigate it? What I'm speaking to is the person who hears this and they're like, I want to help someone like this. And Sean's wrong. This is a high value skill that he's cultivated over the years. And I have no idea how to do it. And so I know how to start it. But then once I get to a certain point, that's it. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's any different than anything else that you just need reps to improve. Well, who do you get the reps on though? You follow? It's the, the, these are high value reps. Well, when I, when I first wanted to know how to get better at sales, you told me to get the lady at the bagel place to give me three pickles instead of two. Yeah. Worked. Let's start there. <laughs> I, I think there, there are people in your, in your immediate sphere of influence. Everyone has problems, man. Everyone has something that doesn't go in the way that you want. Mm-hmm. What are the questions that I would ask myself are, what's at the root of what's holding this person back? What's at the root of what's troubling this person? Like, what's most the thing that's holding them underwater? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, inter it's interesting you say that. Um, the last podcast that I recorded in the studio with the staff member was with Cody, and we talked about um, writing the story work over the thing that's consuming you. Mm. And uh, I talked earlier than that about the grocery store and the idea that, ask the next appropriate question and you become the most important person that person's talked to mm. all day and they look forward to you coming next yep. time. And I had a conversation with a guy at the grocery store last week, again, uh, who I never met before, who was like, you know, hey, what's going on? Man? Like, what's Active Life? So the name of the shirt, told him about it. <clears throat> uh, he's like, where are you guys? I'm like, oh, we're right across the street. And he says to me, oh man, I would love to do something like that. And I said, well, why don't you? He's like, well, I don't know how I would start. I'm like, well, what have you tried? I said, well, I don't know, you know, I just got here, I had to make some money as a cashier. I said, well, I think it's worth it for you to start to look at places where you can maybe volunteer and get some experience and then find out if there's an opportunity for you to get a job there. But at least put yourself in the mm -hmm. in the hunt. And he's like, Yeah, I guess I never thought of that. I'm like, have a great day, man. And I think that's that's a good way for people to start practicing. It's all around you all the time. All right. Good Hope time. this is helpful, guys. Yeah. Turn pro. I see ya.